For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to the Believe in Badger Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. Once again, I'm Matt Perkins, joined as always by the Hebrew Hammer himself, Badger Legend Matt Bernstein. Matty, good to see you as always. Always a pleasure, uh, Matty. Who's joining us today, dude? It's my one of my favorite guys, Vitaly. Man, Vitaly, I have one good story about you, but we'll let Matty P finish this out, but. Um, I'm thrilled to have you and hear your story and you have some amazing insights. So I can't wait. Thanks, man. Hey guys, thank you for having me. Uh, you guys have really found a niche in, in the podcast atmosphere, stratosphere, whatever it is. Uh, there are a lot of good ones, but you, yours is the one that just kind of ties it all together. The memories, the nostalgia, as well as uh, being honest about the current state of affairs and Wisconsin football. So you've quickly become uh, my favorite podcast. And uh, and I apologize for badgering, no pun intended, uh, Bernie, <laughs> to, to try to get on here. So. Well, you don't have to apologize for anything. Thank you for the, uh, for, for the kind words. That means an awful lot. Uh, we are both thrilled to have you today because I know, I know we've got a lot, of, a lot of things to discuss, a lot of memories to go down. So, uh, but before we do, I want to remind you guys that we are indeed presented by betonline.ag. We are in the full swing of the college football season. NFL uh, coming tonight as we record. It's Thursday morning here. So, as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season. Get the latest odds, props, and contest details, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest both of which are open now at Bet Online. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus and take advantage of their opening day super promo. That's today. Make a bet on tonight's game between Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. If you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up using the promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Also want to mention that we have another new sponsor here on the podcast, Balance 7. Balance 7 is a liquid dietary supplement with the powerful ability to raise pH levels in the body. It's a proprietary mixture of safe, all-natural minerals that trigger the body's own ability to maintain a healthy immune system. You can see how Balance 7 has helped many people from around the world. And right now, if you go to balance7.com and use the promo code BELIEVE, you'll get $10 off their 32-ounce bottle. The bottle lasts for 11 days, which is the perfect amount of time to get the pH balance drink to go to work. Again, that's balance7.com and use the code BELIEVE at checkout. B-L-E-A-V 
Balance seven. Vitaly, uh, you know, I know you're a little bit mad that you couldn't make the all 21st century team because you graduated a little bit early. That's cool. We were talking before you, before we started recording about uh, Wisconsin's reliance on international kickers, uh, which I appreciate. But let's go back a little bit. You grew up, what, in and around in and around New York, in the New York area. Um, and and how did you end up at Wisconsin? Well, how start it, it, it depends. It depends on the age that we're talking about in my life. This is true. Uh, you grew. I mean, you were in, you were in Russia, right? You were were you Moscow, St. Petersburg? I was a Moscow kid. I was a big city kid all the way. Um, grew up playing soccer, loving hockey. You know, that's kind of what we did. Um, in, in Russia, you kind of you just you pick one sport, you get good at it. They don't really, you know, we don't do multi sports like like they, like they do here, and they value them here. So. I think it was, I was about six years old. It was right around this time, September, and I had to make a decision. I picked soccer. And so um, actually ended up being a pretty good youth player, if you will. Uh, at 14, I made a under, um, national team under 16. Uh, there was only two kids from Moscow who did that. I've always had a pretty good shot. And then overnight, my life flipped uh, when we landed at JFK. Uh, again, I hadn't even turned 15 yet, and uh, there was no more soccer in my life, no more friends, no more nothing. It was probably the hardest, time, the hardest thing I've ever gone through, hardest time I've ever, um, hardest things I've ever had to uh, face. And so, took a while to figure out uh, where I'm going to go to school. Um, I'll tell you a funny story. Actually, uh, talk about being the world's worst Jew. Um, my aunt, who had immigrated to the States in late 70s, uh, she kind of found God here, found religion, and she said he absolutely must go to yeshiva. And so we lived in Washington Heights. She set up an appointment. Um, my English was minimal, minimal at the time. And I go in for an interview. Uh, it was about a 10-minute interview. You know, I, I thought I did well. I, was, I, I usually am very polite, and I was that day, too. Uh, and I said, okay, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll get back to you. I just turned 15 and I had to get, to, to get back to my apartment building. I had to go up the hill. So about, I don't know, 10 minute walk. And this is obviously before cell phones and whatnot. And by the time we got home, there was a very polite message from Yeshiva, um, school saying, you know what? We don't think this kid is a match. <laughs> and so I said, so I said, my own people turned me down, which, which honestly was probably the best thing that ever happened because if they didn't, we probably wouldn't be talking right now. So I ended up going to, uh, John F. Kennedy high school in the Bronx, just across the river, across from Columbia university, uh, which happens to be a football powerhouse. I didn't know anything about football at the time. Um, I was a star-bred soccer player, I thought. And um, after a while, I realized, I mean, organized sports is all I've ever known since I was six years old. And it just wasn't happening. And so I needed I needed something. And um, some people in my local school said, you know, you really should go for, for the football team. It's a football team. Like, it, like the, the one with the helmets where they try to kill each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, no, I'm never going to do that. No, no, no. Go talk to him. Go talk to him. So, so it was a uh, it was a February day. It was really terrible weather. You know, slushy day. I go down to. I mean, my my high school was built uh, for I think two thousand students. It had over five and a half. Typical inner city high school, eight stories high. So I go down on the first floor. 
Um, they told me where to go. We had this lady athletic director. And again, my English is very minimal at the time. And she goes, okay, how far can you kick the ball? And that's, that's not an indication of your soccer skills, right? And so I couldn't connect it to, and I, I, I couldn't express myself. And so she showed that I was kind of struggling and she's like, All right, calm down, you know, relax. Uh, what language do you speak? So I said, I speak Russian. She calls somebody. To this day, I don't know who I was talking to. And the guy was kind of really rude. And 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 he repeats the same question in Russian. I said, I don't know. Why do they want to know? He goes, I don't know why they want to know. Tell me so I can tell them and move on with my dad. I'm never going to the first floor of that place because it was all like gym stuff. So I'm never going down there again. Uh, so I don't know, 50, 60 meters. I had no yards concept or anything. She looks at me and goes, oh, yeah, really? And then she calls somebody else. And I'm thinking, what What did he tell me to tell her? Is she call, <laughs> like, am I in trouble now? This is it. Like, I'm never doing this again. And so she kind of says, wait, relax a little bit. Um, a big, tall, white kid comes in. Turns out he was a graduating kicker. He was from Hungary originally. And he was, he was like old city. He was pretty good. And so he motions, he has a football in his hands and he motions to me. And so my dilemma at the moment is, do I go with him? And I don't know where I'm going, where he's taking me, but I get to leave this office. I'm going to leave this office and figure it out later. And so we start walking towards the football field, like a terrible day. I wear this basketball sneakers, you know, they're kind of loose on me. Uh, and I look at him and I say, I don't want to be a football player. I want to be a soccer player. He looks at me and goes, Hey, they got me out of class for this. Just do what I tell you. <laughs> Fine. And so he lines up, kicks like, I don't know, 30-yard field goal. And goes, you do it. And I always had a really good shot. So it was a little bit ugly. But again, footing wasn't right. You know, shoes were right. But he went through. Like, but plenty of this. He kind of looks at me. Oh, you could do it. I said, I'm never doing this. Like, I'm not doing this. And uh, But again, it just, soccer wasn't going anywhere. And I said, you know what? Fine. And, and they started, at the time, they said, you're going to get a free scholarship. You're going to do this. I said, yeah, okay. I mean, I'm, I come from Russia. I'm Jewish. I don't believe anything anybody tells me. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I said, all right, I'll do it. And they said, they said, do I have to learn how to kill people? And they're like, no, no, no. You don't even do any of that. I said, oh, okay. So, but I don't want to lift. I'm not doing that. Said, okay, fine. You don't have to lift. I'm like, and I don't want to stay the whole practice. Okay, we'll do kicking in the beginning. So we'll, we'll, we'll do all of that. I say, it was finally kind of uh, sold me, I guess. And we went into camp in August. And I forget the guy's name, but he's a big reporter, big time reporter in the 80s, 90s, in um, New York Newsday. He came down, he did like a full spread story on me. I'm in the country for seven, eight months. And I got a write up on a major New York newspaper. And I said, well, maybe there's something to it. And then we started playing. And then I realized that nobody can do what I can do. Uh, and then I kind of slowly but surely I kind of fell into it. I learned the game. I learned rules. I got hit a few times on the busted PATs. Um, so yeah, it was fun. And then three years of high school football, I guess it was all city, all state, all American. Wisconsin was always in the picture because uh, Bernie Wyatt, um, who, you know Bernie, right? Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, he was, I mean, I'm always going to be partial to him. I'll always say that he, he you know, along with Barry in the early days, he was the one who kind of truly helped to put Wisconsin on the map with the East Coast recruits. Uh, we had a bit of a pipeline from my high school. We had two guys who were playing uh, Manny Castro and uh, just Carl Bernard. 
So Bernie White was always around um, way before he was recruiting me. And, and, and Wisconsin was thought of very highly. But again, I never thought I was good enough um, to, to play at that level. I was kind of taking it slowly. And then when the time came, they were recruiting me. Um, um, Barry came down to high school and kind of, I don't know, what are you doing this weekend? As if I had a lot of plans at the time. Uh, why don't you come visit us? And this was in December of 95. I said, okay, fine, great. I was all excited. And um, a couple hours later, I get paged to go to my football office again for the whole high school. And I go down and it's Paul Pascaloni from Syracuse. Same exact spiel. What are you doing this weekend? I'm kind of going to Madison. Oh, okay, well, great program. You know, we'd love to have you the following weekend. Okay, fine, great. I'll come. And I went to um, one of my visit. A couple of funny stories there. Um, by the time I came back, I said, Cole, Pascaloni, I'm, I'm going to Wisconsin. I don't really <laughs> want to go. I, again, the other time I was talking to Matt earlier offline. I mean, I needed to get away from New York. I didn't, I, I did not fit in, uh, you know, with, with my high school environment. <laughs> I needed to see what else was out there. And uh, honestly, I remember Bernie Wyatt picked me up from, from the airport and it was beautiful winter day. I was like, this is it. Like, usually they were worried about lots of snow and how recruits will react to that. That was one of the selling points for me. And, uh, you know, the rest is history, to say. So what happened on that visit? What 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 happened on that visit? A <laughs> uh, couple of things. Again, I mean, I'm an impressionable Russian immigrant who barely speaks any English. The first thing, I get up to my room and at the concourse and, again, magical view of the Capitol. And, and they said, you know, kind of get yourself situated, change, do whatever you got to do. We'll meet downstairs and we'll go for dinner. And, um, and I look at the, on the table, there's, it looks like a pizza box. I'm like, what, how, how do they, didn't, didn't they say we're going to go have dinner? Why would I have pizza? And wouldn't it need to be hot? Like, so I open it up and there's a monster sized cookie with a motion yeah. W. It says, Wisconsin, welcome to the, oh, like the I said, oh, wow, this is really good. <laughs> and then later that night, we had a couple of guys on that visit. We had uh, John Favre was on that visit. Christopher Van, who uh, played, you know, had many years uh, in the NFL, ended up going to Ohio State. He was on that visit. Uh, Manny Castro was supposed to be my host, but he said he had a, he had a final or something. So he punts me off to Tark Sala, Pete Money. Uh, it's like, yeah, it, it wasn't going to end well for me. I'd never, I'd never really drunk before, uh, and so. Put you with those two guys. Yes. So long oh, story man. short, I go, I get back, and, you know, this is now two 30 in the morning. I get back to that room and they say, you know, we've got a full day the next day. Um, and I try to take my pants off when I fall on my face. I said, well, that's funny. That never happened to me before. How did that happen? <laughs> so I try to take my pants off again and I fall again. I said, at this point, I'm like, all right, I'm going to give it one more try. And, um, if I fail again, I'll just sleep with my pants on. I slept with my pants on. <laughs> <laughs> So the next morning, I mean, uh, everyone felt the same way. They, I think uh, the first thing we went to the football office, to the conference room, whatever, the meeting room, and they started playing some highlight video, 10 minute long. Within 30 seconds, the entire class was just nodding off. And they said, come on, guys, you got to watch this. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And finally, uh, Barry said, enough of that. Let's go. Let's go. What's the next thing? And uh, it was just, it, it was, it wasn't obviously, it wasn't drinking, but it was, it's what I needed, and uh, and I didn't need to see anyone else, any other schools. Uh, Boston College was pretty close, uh, um, but no, 
I mean, I never, I never ever regretted going to Madison. Oh my God. You brought up those cookies. Mine was um, like oatmeal raisin and I was pissed about it. And I was like, I am a chocolate chip cookie person. And when I got back every night, like the next morning, like they're half that cookie's gone. And I was like, man, I'm drunk eating this cookie. Because, you know, you don't know where to call. You don't know what to do. You're in Madison. Right. We were right. at the concourse also. And I was like, well, the cookie's the only thing. Like, I didn't know Parthenon existed or any of the pizza places. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to eat this cookie. I wake up the next day like, yeah, oh, you still bad. But that's really funny. <laughs> I want to go back because your story is so interesting. When you got off the plane in Newark, dude, you didn't really speak English. So, like, what was that transition like? JFK. No, it was, uh, oh, sorry, it was, it was, it was, it was hard. I mean, it was, again, it was honestly the hardest thing I've ever gone through. I mean, you can see my personality. Um, I thrive on being around people, having teammates, having a good time. And I mean, we were successful in Moscow. We won a bunch of championships. I was doing really well. I thought I was going to be a big soccer star and overnight you lose everything. And for the first three weeks, while we were being situated and trying to figure out where we're going to live permanently, we lived in New Jersey with my uh, with my aunt. Um, she hosted us, and so I'm kind of in the middle of nowhere in New Jersey. And I remember the next day, um, my parents kind of went to the city to try to figure out, you know, how to live the life. Again, what happened to my sister? But I found myself alone, and I, I mean, I bowled, I bowled like a like a little kid. I mean, I had to get those emotions out, and. Um, Man, and I don't know. I'd like to think of myself as, as you know, a tougher person. Just kind of pull yourself together and find your way. And uh, man, Wisconsin helped me so much in finding my way. And um, probably one of the most brainwashed people, kind of like yourself, about <laughs> about the university and the program. Dude, you you and I both drank a lot of the Kool Aid. I still drink. Yes, it. I do too. I enjoy. It. <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> Um, so, okay. So then, so you got to Madison in what, 96 or 95? Yeah. So I get to Madison in January of 96, <laughs> kind of another funny story. Um, so in the middle of, you know, whenever conditioning started, so let's, let's, let's call it around January 20th, right? Uh, I'm a nobody. So I'm, nothing's normal in my life. I start high school in January. I start college in January. Which class do I belong? Am I 95 class or my 96 class? I, I don't know. I've never, like I told you, I've never lifted anything in my life. I, I show up at 178. Uh, JD looks at me, goes, punts me off to like a third, third string conditioning guy. Don't bother me with this one. I mean, they literally <laughs> had to show me what what a bar is, how to put the uh, the weights on, and I look around like I was. Who was I talking? About? I was listening to your po- podcast with AD. You want me to talk about how am I going to compete with these guys? I look like, like where am I? <laughs> and no one talks to me. No one knows me. So anyway, I mean, I go through that first week. I'm, in, I'm, 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 you know, I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. I got to look into the whole soccer program here, you know. <laughs> and uh, and so it's a Friday, and Bernie is about to go to uh, back to New York. Calls me up, goes. How's it going? I said, all right, yeah, I'm doing all right. And he goes, listen, I'm going, I'm off to New York. Don't get in trouble. I said, in trouble? <laughs> I don't know anybody. <laughs> I didn't turn 18 yet. Um, my birthday was on January 28th, so I still had a couple of days before that would happen. I said, just don't get in trouble. Said, all right, fine. Whatever you say. And so they put me in the region, um, and I go in the region, and we had a 
punter uh, who was a JUCO transfer from California. Great guy, not a very good punter. And uh, <laughs> and you know how you know how the coaches are with scholarship guys who don't perform that they thought would perform. And so they did, they were picking on him. And I guess he got in trouble for something. I don't know what it was. John Hall uh, was hanging out with him. And so, I mean, they kind of see me like, come, come up, you know, let's have a couple of, couple of, couple of beers or whatever. We'll, we'll figure out what we're going to do tonight. Okay. I'm in good company, bunch of upperclassmen. And it's, again, one of those beautiful winter days, snow's falling, and there's those, those ledges that reach, right? So they open the windows, they roll a couple of snowballs, and they start throwing them at, at people in the parking lot, openly. I mean, it wasn't malicious. It wasn't, you know, they were like, ha, 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 hey, guys, they try to throw something, whatever. So they do that for a little bit, and they stop, and like, all right, we're going to take off here in, in a little bit. Okay, well, me being me, I kind of look down. There's only one guy. He's kind of clearing the snow. I roll a snowball, and I, was, I threw like a dart. Like I didn't, I didn't whack him, but I just like I really try to hit him. And I and I go like this, and I step back so he doesn't see me. When I go look down, about twenty seconds later, guy's face down like that, like I'm not moving. I'm like, this isn't good. <laughs> <laughs> and no one knows this right now. No, I technically I didn't even see the the, the snowball hit him, but I know it's me. Um, these guys don't know. And, and I, I, I'm like, okay, well, this isn't good. So I think about it for about 30 seconds. He hasn't moved, but now people from the lobby are running to him and they're, they're kind of pointing like at our windows. I was like, okay, I got to own up to this. And I was like, Hey, um, look down there. And, 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 and this guy, I'm not going to say his name. He's like, what did you do? I said, I, I, I threw a snowball just like we were all do- What did you throw? Oh my God, they're going to, you know, you have to go tell them you did it. I said, all right, I mean, I'll, I'll go tell them all. I did it. I'm like, this is it. This was fun. A week of non New York, and this is it. This is it. <laughs> so I go down. Now police is down in the lobby, and uh, I said, listen, I, I think I did it. Okay, what's your name? You know, they took it out. Now I see that he's kind of off. The guy's off, kind of has his wits about him. and well, at least he didn't die. It doesn't seem like, you know, he looks like probably won't be going to jail, but I'll be going home. <laughs> and, um, I mean, they, they threw me, uh, they wrote me a ticket and on the ticket, it said throwing of missiles. It was like a $32 ticket. Um, being 17 Friday night by Sunday, I forgot all about it. I'm like, Oof, that's that bullet, you know, just quietly paid, forget all about it. Now nah, show up for a lift on Monday. JD called me over. Again, I, that's the second time he ever talked to me because he said he wouldn't want to have anything with me. Cos wants to see you. Uh, Kevin Cosgrove was a liaison with the police, right? And so I'm like, I didn't know that at the time. Why would the defensive <laughs> coordinator want to see me? And so I go up there to the coach's office, pulls me in, he rips me into an asshole. And just, <laughs> am I allowed to say this? And you inner city kids, you, we bring you in here. I'm like, oh, I look like an inner city kid. <laughs> <laughs> I come out, Bernie's standing right outside. Come here. What did I tell you? Didn't I tell you not to get in trouble? I said, coach, was a snowball. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got in trouble again. Anything like Nothing like that. But, um, but yeah, I mean. <laughs> that's Vitaly, the amount of guys who got a ticket at the region is probably like through the roof. I got a ticket at the Regent. 
I can name a bunch of others. Mine was mine was kind of like yours. I shot, I was shooting the fire extinguisher at people's, you know, like at other people's doors. Right. And they can't, you know, and then they're like, dude, you need to buy a new fire extinguisher. And I'm like, well, how, how much is it? And I think they're like, it's 75 bucks. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm going to go to the store. They're like, no, it's kind of a find at the region for you to yeah. like, like, an, like an idiot. And I'm like, how yeah, do you, yeah. what's me? And they're like, well, you shot it across at the other door. Who else could it be? I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, you, got you got a point. <laughs> There's a big animal running around the region with a fire. Yeah. I don't think I had my shirt on at the time. Yeah, I was a young kid. Good times. Oh man! So there were a lot of, especially at your at your at the point where you were playing. There were a lot of kids from the East Coast. You know, Roger Knight is one that comes to mind. Right. I I know that he's a guy that uh, left a little bit of an impression on you. Um, who who were some of the other guys that were either that you have stories about or that you were close with at, at when you were playing? Well, I mean, being a specialist, right? Obviously, that's that's the grouping we kind of get put in, especially again, given that I was sort of in between classes and um, I probably tended to gravitate to 96 class, you know, the Kevin Stemkeys and, and, and those guys, Mark um, um, I mean, specialists really were the closest. I mean, I was roommates with Mark Tausch. So my freshman year in 97, it was me, Matt Davenport and Mark Tausch, which is <laughs> kind of, like, how did we get this offensive lineman with us? And Tosh was a third string, if that, you know? <laughs> um, it, it, it was, uh, it was you know, we still talk about it. It was the most fun year we had. We lived on Brief Terrace. Um, you know, there were, there were a lot of stories I probably shouldn't get into <laughs> uh, publicly. But, um, but we had a lot of fun. Um, but it was, you know, it was a close team. Um in that you really could, you know, it was wide open. I mean, guys were, we had Ron Dane, obviously, right? But Ron is such a quiet locker room guy. Um, he doesn't carry himself as, as this, you know, superstar that he truly was. Um, he's very approachable. And we were, we always had that East Coast connection, he, he and I. Um, so, I mean, I would, I would have to say the specialists, uh, long snappers, um, yeah, so those were the guys. What was your first camp? Seminary? Yeah, seminary. Uh, that, so seminary is uh, um, when Barry announced his reti uh, retirement, um, Athletic kind of reached out to me and said, give us some stories. And the first one that pops into <laughs> that pops into my mind was, and, and the funny thing is Barry loves that story. Uh, when when they when Wisconsin came down to play Rutgers here, what, 2014, I want to say, 15, um, I probably had my best three hours with Gary I've ever had. Um, he saw me, he pulled me aside with his brother, some other old guy. I was just hanging out with him and I retold him that story. He goes, I forgot all about it. But from now and, and from, from that point on, whenever he sees me, there's a third person in the room. He stops everything. And he has me tell those people that story, that story <laughs> and the JP story. And, um, and, but the story about the seminary is really good because again, who, who was a guest on your show that was saying, uh, you know, if you're not 10 minutes early or 15 minutes late, that whole, you, know, you were the one actually. That was me, yeah. Say, yeah. Yeah, the clock in every room. Like, I've always been a very punctual person. Wisconsin took it to a whole different level. Whole new level. JD, JD, a <laughs> JD. whole different level. My wife just, it's probably one single 
point of biggest point of contention with my wife. So we got to go. She goes, no, we don't have to go. No, we got to be there at 10. Right. We'll be there at, at 945. And really, we need to be there at 1030. Nobody comes at 10. No, I'm not going to be late. It, 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 you know, so. Um, so I got to set the story straight. So we're in the seminary. I'm a Jewish guy. Right. Um, and it's a Sunday. It's the day off. And you, Bernie, know, a, you know, Barry is a big Catholic guy. We had a you know, Father Mike and, you know, and, and, and another thing is uh, at the time, and I think it was similar with you guys, uh, you know, you always knew where you were supposed to be. Everything was very structured. So you knew the um, itinerary for the whole day. And so we look at the itinerary, breakfast, some meetings, some film, whatever. At noon, there's mass. And next to mass, it's optional. Well, it says optional. Your ass needs to be there. It, it doesn't <laughs> take a genius to figure that out. But me being me, I'm like, you know, I'm so tired. It's my first week of saying, like, optional. I can't get into too much trouble, right? <laughs> Let me see if I can get out of it. And so, seminary, you, know, you remember the, the, um, the, what do you call it, where they actually have the mass. It was kind of far. Um, yeah. And, and the room, the rooms are in a different wing. And so, around 1140, everyone kind of, you hear everybody kind of walking by, heading towards towards the mass at chapel is what I was looking for. And um, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to go. And somebody popped their head. Hey, you going? Hey, I cut the floor. I'm like, no. Nah. Okay. Later. <laughs> so I'm sitting here. I'm saying, this is, this is not a good idea, but kind of too late. Let me, let me, let me see what happens. Let me see what comes out of this. About five to noon, I'm hearing somebody running frantically down the hallway and it was one of those uh, managers, young managers. Hey, everybody's in the room. Like, why, why are you not there? I'm, I'm not going. What do you mean you're not going? I'm Jewish. And the guy looks at me and goes, like, kind of like, man, you're a lost cause. He goes, is this really what you want me to tell Coach Alvarez? It's like, <laughs> the truth? Okay, good luck to you. He runs out. I'm sitting here. I'm like, yeah, I probably should have been there. And again, <laughs> mess ends. People come back, some more meat, whatever. We're going with our day. And I'm like, I kind of, I, you know, I did good here. Um, let me see how, what else I can push it. And so we go <laughs> for dinner. I finish my dinner. I pick up my tray. I got to walk by coach's table. And um, again, being young, I already forgot about him. <laughs> and so old son, Alvi's like, bye. He calls me bye. Bye. Like, hey, hey, coach. Come here. Sit down. Looks at me, all the coaches. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> you kind of missed you at the mass today. I said, yeah. Any reason why? I'm like, this is like, coach, I mean, I'm Jewish. I don't think I belong. He goes, all right. I, I respect that. He goes, all right, from here on out, every Saturday morning, game day is our seminary. We're going to have a vent waiting for you outside to take your ass to Temple. I said, Coach, I'll be going to the mess from here on out. He goes, I thought so. <laughs> you love that story. Uh, and, and again, I just, looking back at it, I mean, he could have taken it so different ways, so many different ways. And yet he chose sort of the humorous, but reasserting his own authority and telling me, you need to be a team player here. Yeah. And yeah, you know, Bernie. I mean, it wasn't. It was nobody was trying to convert us, but it was right. about being right. together, uh, being with a team. And and then yeah, I, I I miss Father Mike. He was a great man. So yeah, Father Mike was 
a great, a great guy. It's funny. I went to the first mass and then I went to coach Ryan. I was like, coach Ryan, I just really don't feel comfortable going to mass. And somehow Barry didn't care. Maybe you broke him down, you know, five <laughs> years earlier. And You're I, I got to, you know, I appreciate it. Believe me. Cause we, our mass was maybe at like nine 30, nine o'clock. And I slept till nine 15 and dudes, I would show up, uh, you know, like happy as can be. I slept another extra 45 minutes, started breakfast. I'm like, man, guys, I slept in. This is great. And everyone was like pissed because they couldn't, because they couldn't have to go to mass. I was like, man, this is great. But that's, but before games, I would go to mass with the team. You know, it's weird. To me, it wasn't a religious thing. It was a team thing. That's right. Yeah, you know, it was never a religious thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I respect Father Mike. You know, dudes would go and get communion. I, I thought it was interesting to be in the room while people were were praying or or coming going close. through the rituals. Yeah. God, yeah. Whatever it was, I, I thought it was really interesting as almost an outsider. But I never felt like I was in the wrong place. I was right. very comfortable sitting there while everyone kind of did because there's a lot of people in the room who don't do that. Also, not just Jewish people. Right. Oh, that's yeah. my fun story about you. When I walked in, I walked in in 01, in July of 01, and you were cleaning your locker out. And you're like, man, Bernstein, Jill? And I'm like, yeah. You're like, they only let one of us on the team, you know, at the time. Because <laughs> you were leaving that day. And I was like, right. this is the funniest. I was like, man, welcome to Wisconsin. I know. I know. Crazy, right? I mean, well, I honestly don't even remember. No, no offense, but no, that's something right. that I would say. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but that was my first impression of you. And I'm like, man, I love this guy. I was like, this, yeah. thank this, you. I'm sure I'll be friends forever. Yeah. So my dad, when you went to camp, what, so were you competing to start? Like, what was that like? Right. So, I mean, to kind of back up a little bit, I, I John Hole was struggling mightily in mm-hmm. 95 which is when they decided to bring someone in to push him for senior season and maybe take over for the field goal duty uh but the problem with me again told you nothing's ever normal with me um i had three years of high school football and nobody at the time thought that would be a problem i had good grades i, I was doing fine i mean obviously was able to be accepted into the university we send my stuff to clearinghouse clearinghouse looks at it and goes well he's missing like i don't know whatever i was missing five English credits. And they're like, well, he, he came at 15. He started high school at 15. He graduated. We don't care. What do you mean you don't care? Um, we don't care. And so Barry got, you know, Barry is a very competitive guy. And so he got pissed and we hired an attorney to look into this matter and to, 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 to get me eligibility. And, uh, the attorney said, yeah, you know, the way things are set up and I'm not, you know, I'm not a legal expert, but, with Wisconsin being part of NCA, in order to sue NCA, you really you're going to need to sue your own school. And I, I know it doesn't make much sense, but that's how it was presented to us, and we weren't going to do that. And that's when uh, they said, well, "Okay, we still need a kicker." And real quick, they found Matt Davenport. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's uh, that's how Matt became a Badger. Um, so they brought him in. He was obviously eligible. He traveled. In 96, um, I was not part of the team. I mean, I was actually uh, working as an equipment manager. Uh, I was helping Peel around. That's why he and I have such a good you know, connection. Um, 
which sort of kept me around the football program. And I, and I remember, you know, we would go for, for practices and before practices, I would just, you know, in street uniforms and, you know, in, uh, in street clothes and shorts, t-shirts, I would just kick it off. And, and all the coaches were like, we're good. We're good next year. And then, and then, so Matt and I were going to compete for the field goal job going into 97. Um, kickoffs were always going to be mine. I uh, had a, I had a, I had a stronger line. And, um, and, 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 yeah, I, I think he did pretty good for a freshman kicker in that, in that, uh, camp. I was going, I was, I was hitting him at around 75, 76%. Problem is Matt was hitting him at about 91%. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, they coaches made the right decision. He clearly beat me out for that job, which really shook my confidence. Um, and yeah, it, it, it was hard. I mean, you know how again I was talking about non-performing scholarship guys. Um, they had certain hopes for me, and I guess I failed them. And things were things were tough on me. Um, uh, my confidence was shaken a little bit. The first game we play is Giant Stadium. You know, twenty minutes. From here, kickoff classic against Syracuse, Donovan McNabb, Donovan Darius, Kevin John, like you, know, you name it. I mean, they were stacked. And uh, we get an opening kickoff. Um, and again, John Hall is probably had the strongest leg of maybe outside of Sebastian Janikowski um, that I've ever seen. So to follow him at kickoffs was not easy. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, um, I kicked it off. I was shaking. Yeah, I was not ready for this. I hadn't played a game in like a year and a half, almost two years. And and my high school never drew more than 200 people. And now we're in Giant Stadium. It wasn't even full, but it was still about 40,000 people there. And um, terrible kick. I think the T went farther than the ball. I mean, the ball went to like 11. The Kevin Johnson catches it, um, makes a couple of moves. I, I never... I, never hitting anybody in my life. And so I'm like trailing and until something happens, um, I got blindsided. I got destroyed. <laughs> um, you know, by the time I got my wits about me, I was pulling my backside off my face, <laughs> turning around and watching Kevin Johnson go and score. I'm like, yeah, I'm never going to, that's it. I'm done. Like, again, how's the, how's that soccer team doing over there? I, I got to go walk <laughs> on there. Uh, we got killed 34 0. Um, and I, <laughs> part of me thought I, they were going to leave me here in New Jersey. <laughs> and so, um, we go, we go back, we were playing Boise State. We were expecting heavy favorites. We should have probably lost that game at home. Um, but Mike Samuel had a hell of a game and, uh, we ended up winning. But I remember, I think I had an opening kickoff again. And I'm like, Sweating, and I knew like if I was going to screw that one up, I was probably going to be done. And I, I was still shaking, and I put the ball on the tee. Um, I take my steps, and you know how like the keys came out, and everybody's yeah. juggling that. And I look at the play clock; I had about now, seventeen seconds or so, and I took a deep breath, and I looked around, and I said, "You know what? I control this." <laughs> nothing happens. They're going to be juggling for as long as I want them to juggle 17 seconds. <laughs> uh, and I know I've got to do this. I've, you know, I'm good. I said, F this. And I put that ball through the end zone and I was never nervous on the field again. And 
know, and I, it, it's not about me, but it's just, it, I think it's a parallel to the, to the current team and some of the non-performing um, stars that we have. At some point, somebody, they, you just kind of need to say, I'm good and, and, and go show. You know, sink or swim. It's, it's, it's big time football, right? Like you, you're here for a reason. Go do it. Go show it. Get it done. And so that's how it all started for me. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. We're going to, I, I want to get your, your thoughts on this year's opening matchup, et cetera, in just a moment. But before we do that, uh, I want to remind you guys that our podcast is partnering with playactionpools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to our favorite sport. You'll be able to get in on the action with playactionpools.com football pick'em challenge, which is open to everyone. Here's how it works. Head over to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest Believe Football Pick'em at playactionpools.com and then get your picks in each week. We'll be selecting 10 of the highest profile games of the week between NFL and college football. Whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a set of DC shoes. Again, head over to playactionpools.com. Sign up for the contest Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, football pick'em. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor Pick'em as well as a cool sports book style concept called Build Your Bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all your office sports pools. Tally, uh, we had a bit of a rough opening against Penn State, including on special teams. Our special teams uh, were not uh, exactly on point. We saw uh, a blocked field goal. Uh, I mean, Penn State had a missed field goal and a uh, missed extra point. Uh, what did you see over the weekend that had you most concerned, and what did you see that gives you hope? Okay, well, I'll start with the special teams since you know you brought those up. It's interesting because, and again, Bernie won't let me lie here. Um, you appreciate how good of a coach Barry Alvarez was you know, when you're so many years removed from actually playing for him. And in camp, he would always preach special teams early. You know, he said he would always tell us, watch these first couple of games, watch how many games get decided by special teams. You could argue this one was decided by special teams as well. Um, and um, I, we, honestly, I don't think we've had very good special teams in, 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 in a number of years now. And it's, it, it's concerning. It really is. I mean, I don't know if enough time gets dedicated on, you know, during practices or, or whatnot, but um, we need to be better. I mean, we need to be able to hit those field goals inside the 40. And, and I, I didn't get the wide angle. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what happened on that, on, on that blocked field goal. Um, sometimes it's the kicker's fault and sometimes it's not, but bottom line, those kicks need to be made. Um, as far as the game itself, uh, honestly, I this one hit me hard. It really did. Um, given the atmosphere, given how big of this game was, um, home opener, how how the fans were into it, how uh, you know everyone was starving for college football, and you know for the Badgers to come back and play in a full stadium, so you can't lose this game. You know, we I've always felt like Wisconsin football is built on mental toughness. And, you know, pendulum is going to hit, right? I'm going to use Barry's words again. You've got to get that momentum, fight to keep that momentum. 
and just make plays. You know, and and we, and we didn't do that. And I've always been uh, the biggest defender, talking to fans. You know, we need to open up the offense. We need to do this. I said, you know, stick with what works. We we have a formula. But I don't know. I I feel like on offense we got a lot of problems um, and, and maybe we've had them for longer than we realize because um, I feel like Q, uh, Cephas and, and JT masked a lot of the issues, uh, underlying issues. And now that they're not there, you know, we need to hit some of those long balls as a running back. We need to be able to stretch the field a little bit to open things up, um, open things up underneath. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Kick, kick, Russian kick. I'm talking football lingo, but um <laughs> But it's all true. Like, or we need to adapt and, and change certain things. Um, I, I was in preparation for this. I, I reached out to some of my uh, lineman friends, and I and I, I said, "How bad was that left line, left side of the line?" And, and I won't quote what was said, but it wasn't good. Um, and and if there was any um, component of offense that we were made to feel good about going into the season, it was the offensive line. I never bought into the hype of of, you know, of, uh, of Graham until he showed us consistently or, or the running backs with questions. We didn't know what to expect from Chaz. Um, and, and, and the receivers that we have, I feel they're good. They're, they, they're capable to make plays, um, but they don't have, they're not true number one type receivers um, that, that Q, Q was. And we kind of haven't really developed them. And so, I don't know, I, I don't mean to be critical. I really don't. Uh, and I'm really curious to see what you know how how they're going to play against Eastern Michigan, and obviously the big one you know against Notre Dame. But I'm a little nervous. Um, having said that, I love our defense. Um, I think they're extremely well coached. Uh, maybe a little too aggressive, right, uh, with the pump fakes. But uh, but I'm not worried about defense, and I haven't been in a, in a long time. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think everything you're saying makes sense. It's it's funny when you text your, your guys and you're like, what do you guys see? And they're like, Oh, not good. Not good. Yeah. You know, I always thought, you know, when I'm talking like with AD and Greg root and some of the running backs, we could at least say like, Oh, he's not that bad. Like, okay. It looks pretty good. Like we didn't know what to expect out of chess. Cause you didn't really see him. Right. I thought it was really concerning. We talked about this. Jalen Berger wasn't even kind of with the running backs during the week, which I just still don't know what's going on. Um, but you're right. Big plays are huge. Stopping them, we oh, first off, let's go back. Your we preach special teams to your eyes and ears bled. It was that was the hardest I've ever got coached was on special teams. And I was mm-hmm. telling you, on, I was a right wing on the on the field goal team, and they're like, dude, you you are the reason this will get blocked. So right. everyone believed that. Like your mental is so crazy that you didn't let this happen. You know, if people were jumping up, they would say, stand up. So you flip that guy over. Like we were taught every which way to do things. You know, I was taught, take a step, grab the guy's inside Jersey, step back out, punch the guy. So he can't get there. And if this, you had the toughest position, the wings were always the worst. It was the worst. And then fall down and let that guy run you over, but, but grab his Jersey and and bring him in. So he wouldn't get there. The guy on the outside wouldn't get there. They basically like get knocked down every time. My favorite was when they were in um, safe and they didn't, they didn't, they didn't rush. I was like, man, this is great. I just stand here. Like, I look really good. I punch. Yeah. Harry's going to say like, oh, you did a good job. There. You, get, you get that eight, that check mark. You're like, yes, I didn't do anything on this play. Um, but they really do stress 
the importance of, you know, Barry stressed that. And I, 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 I didn't appreciate it at the time, but you're working so hard. You just are in it to win it. Um, you're right. I, the special teams doesn't seem like it's just where it, it's been for so long. I would agree on that. You know, I, I, I wanted to believe the hype on Graham. I still kind of do. I don't love the play calling with him. I didn't think he was comfortable. I think that's an old line issue. Um, some of the mental breakdowns in the, in the backfield defense to me hurts. Cause that's how we lost pretty much on like three broken plays. Um, but we don't have right now. You're right. I think something huge for the offense. We don't have big play potential and we really need to get there. We, you know, big plays. I, I can't remember Vitaly, if you ever sat on an offensive you know, meeting, but I think it was like of 20 yards or more, 15 yards or 20 yards or more. We didn't really have many of those. I don't know if we have any of them. So we, had we haven't one. had them last year either. We haven't had them last year either. We haven't had them in a while. In a it's long been time. a while. It really has been a while. Been a while. Been a while. And that is hurting us in the run game. Because yeah. why would you respect anything 20 yards more? You don't. Right. So I, I feel like we're struggling stretching the field. What I did like, listen, Coach White had his his ups and downs. He would call a lot of plays that were like basically the same things over and over again. But he would stretch the field. I do think because we had guys, you know, when you have Lee Evans, you stretch the field. That dude's going to make plays. Listen, I, I think we could ask Kendrick Pryor to stretch the field. I just we just did it. And we're not even I don't know. It's, the play calling to me was it, it seemed very conservative. And I, I, I look at Coach Chris as somebody who's like way out of the box. So I thought that was a little bizarre. I mean, I don't think Penn State did anything special to me that that they should have won. What they did was they played their asses off and they played so hard. And they, I mean, it was, I take my hat off to them all day long for how hard they competed. Um, and they found a way, right? They, they won the way we used to win. <laughs> right. Win the turnover battle. You know, they make them kick field goals, not touchdowns. So, like all these same things. And we kickers, for some reason, always went defensive way. And it's funny because, again, we, we would sit in enough of these meetings. That, but my senior year, I kind of like, you know, Cos would ask safeties, what are you supposed to do here? And I knew. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say it, but I knew. <laughs> um, but, um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, something needs to change. Something really does need to change. And I don't know how. I don't know what you do. Um, I, did, I didn't understand rotating the second line on the third series in a tie game against a major opponent. I mean, do that against this Eastern Michigan. I like you play to win the game, right? Right, right. Um, so, a lot of question marks, but I think a lot of it is kind of tied in, right? Like, where, where do you start? I guess you start with the line. If, if the quarterback doesn't have enough time to, you know, to assess, then then eventually he's going to have happy feet. But if there's not enough separation from the receivers, that doesn't really help, you know. And the safeties are up, and and it's one thing after another. Mm-hmm. So those big plays are, I think, is where things need to kind of start, and they need to find them. I mean, Chas came close on that fourth and one, um, but 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 they need to have that consistent push, consistent effort, and it sort of had that. But then you hit the wall. I mean, I, I found myself late in the game when the targeting call was made, and I was like, "This is great for us." Uh, but I still don't have any confidence in they're going to make plays. I've never had that concern. In a big game, the whole mental mental toughness, right? Don't flinch. Right. Like Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a yeah. question. First of all, I actually think, so to go to talk about the targeting, one, it was 100% a target. I mean, 
Yes. Who went up into his helmet with his helmet into into Graham's helmet. One, I would always say, Graham, slide. Dude, you are QB1. Now, the penalty helped us. It kept that drive alive. What are, this, these plays, the, so the targeting, what's your thoughts? Like, I like it, but 10 years ago, 20 years ago, we were killing each other. I mean, we weren't killing anybody. <laughs> you guys are. <laughs> well, well, what do you think about the targeting rule? And then who would be like, who on the team back in the day would be like, you know, number one? You oh, know? Jason Doran. Jason Doran. Did him? Yeah. Was a headhunter. That guy would hit you. AD told you. Yeah. That guy, I mean, that guy. And for a guy who, like, on the, on the street, you, you would never th- think that he has that in him, that he has the speed, that he has, you know, that kind of a hitting ability, um, quiet guy, walk on, but man, he would whack you. I mean, we, we had, our teams were, were very hard hitting. I mean, <laughs> there's a reason those teams won two road balls, right? Back to back, you know, big 10 championships. I, those defenses were kind of scary. I mean, they'll, they would come and whack you. But the first guy that comes to my mind is Jado. Um, but I mean, you, you know, we had Donnell, we had uh, Chris Gadorzy, who was, I mean, the, that tandem was phenomenal. Um, and obviously Tom Burke was coming off the edge on, on one of those teams. We had Wendell, uh, you know, and, and they were so well-coached, fundamentally well-coached. Roger, let's not forget about Roger, right? Um, so, no, those, those were those were fun days. <laughs> Jason Doring looked like a Calvin Klein model. Like if you saw him. Uh, yeah, but th- except he didn't know that. Uh, right. so he was. Right. He would always be dressed in like, I remember he had this Arizona State hat that he must have, his dad must have worn at some point. I mean, <laughs> that thing was beat up. And we were going into, I guess he must have been one of the Rose Bowls uh, that, that lost. Friday night, or maybe a game day morning meeting, right? That last one um, before we go to the stadium. And Kaz thought he was being cute because Jado put his head down. And at the end, he goes, we got to win this game. And we got to get Jado a new hat. And he kind of tosses that one out. And he walks out of the room. Jado kind of looks at the room. I like that hat. Picks it up. Yeah. Dude, what what was it like? Uh, like a day in the life of a kicker. So, good question because I can answer. I, I saw one of the questions was well, any Rose Bowl shenanigans, and um, classic story would be. Um, so we would practice at the Coliseum, uh, where SC obviously plays their home games. And I don't know if you guys realize, but the field is actually 150 yards long. It's it's a huge stadium built for the Olympics in 1920s, and so what they do is they kind of close off one of the end zones and they bring the stands close to the end zone to not make it look so huge. Um, what we quickly realized was there's space behind that where there's nice, you know, fun, and we're completely shielded from the rest of the team. And so again, our our special teams back then were a major major strength, right? Like. Dad was two-time first-team All-Big Ten. I was first-team All-Big Ten. Stan Q was an inaugural uh, Ray Guy Award winner. 
they, they left us alone. The coaches trusted us and they just completely left us alone. They didn't know what we were doing when we weren't seen. And so we would do our special teams at the beginning, sometimes at the very end. And then, you know, during home practices, we just go in the locker room, hang out, jacuzzi, whatever, whatever. I mean, John Hall was known to get on the scooter in, 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 in football pants and go to McDonald's, get something, come back during practice. If LV ever found out, found that out, uh, good luck to John. I never got to do that. Uh, I was never bold enough to do that. But during the Rose Bowl, we would do our thing and then we would kind of sneak behind, go around, and sometimes, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's just the good life. We're down in Cali uh, for the Rose Bowl, right? I mean, somebody could maybe throw the ball, but we were chilling. We were having a grand time. Shirts off, the whole deal. And it, while we're hitting, like, we're hearing the hitting, we're hearing the screaming, we're hearing everything, and we're thinking, oh, those little losers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> And so, you know, one of those days we're kind of laying out, we're doing our thing, and all of a sudden, I don't know how, the ball must have been really, really overthrown, but the ball finds it, its way through the stands or maybe around, like, right next to me. And I realized someone's going to go get it, and we're about to get busted. And so, I think it was D. Brown. I don't know if you know D. Brown, Demetrius Brown. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, he one yeah. Of, uh, yeah, he was a receiver on one of our teams. He runs over, it's towards the end of practice. He's miserable, hot. And he, he kind of runs, looks at the ball, picks up the ball, and then he sees us. And we see him. He looks at us with such a look of disgust on his face. He goes, yo, MFers are crazy. <laughs> picks it up and goes on. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's typical. That's You asked what the typical day was. That's kind of what the typical day was. <laughs> it's so funny how you summed it up, like, you said at the beginning, we're so scheduled. And then it's like, okay, we kicked at the beginning. We suntanned all day. And then we kicked at the end. It's actually pretty solid to what my experience was. We would do special things at the beginning. But then we had two periods, so 10 minutes of whatever they wanted to do that day. Punt, kick off, kick return for 10 minutes. Yeah. And then at the end, they do some, some special teams as well. Right. But, man, I used to watch... Uh, Taylor Melhoff, who's coaching now, and all these guys go into the weight room and then come back. And we would walk in and be like, Man, you guys are jacked. What are you doing? Abs, they look like they all look like they were Greek models. And I was like, I don't get it. I'm out there practicing, sweating all day. How do you guys look like this? And they just were in there doing abs and bicep curls. Person, I should have been doing that. Maybe I would have had a legitimate shot at the next level. I didn't do that. We had the nice life. We were hanging out with the volleyball girls who were using our weight room at the time. Um, you know, if I only knew now what I knew then, you know, oh, what I didn't know then. I, so the only good thing about being um, hurt during practice is when you would lift and the volleyball team would be in there. Yeah. You know, you're doing rehab. You're like, oh, my shoulder hurts so bad, and you're like. It still hurts. It still hurts. It feels better. <laughs> it feels way better. Wow. Look at this. Yeah, it's really funny. Um, what, Actually, was like, I, what was it like? Rose Bowl? Oh, I was going to, well, I wanted to ask a Rose Bowl question. I want to know about the Lowry's beef bowl. I want to know about the, the, the prime rib eating like night out, what that was like and who ate the most prime rib on your teams. Probably Gibby. Right. I mean, there's no bigger human being than Aaron Gibson. 
Um, I'm sure all of the linemen have contributed to that. What I remember about Lori's though is you know, Barry was so good about finding every little um, way to make, um, you know, to find a competitive advantage, to turn something into slight, real or perceived. And um, I think it must have been the first one with UCLA because he was particularly ticked off that that trip. Uh, we were heavy <laughs> underdogs as opposed to the Stanford game with heavy favorites. Um I think they were introduced first or there was something may have been said by them or maybe it wasn't said, but, um, but he like, he, he completely kind of blew it out of proportion internally and made us that much more pissed at, 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 the, at UCLA and how, you know, how nobody gives us any respect. Um, the funny, another funny thing is actually, uh, there's a few things I'm remembered for. None of them are for kicking for some reason. I think I was a fairly <laughs> decent kicker. Um, but one of the things that always comes up is when we beat UCLA in that Rose Bowl, uh, Matt, that you were watching, the one that you know we hooked you onto Wisconsin for life. Um, <laughs> we were obviously so excited. I mean, beat UCLA in their home stadium. It was a crazy game. I mean, Caden McCown was their offense was amazing. Our defense was amazing. Their offense, our defense was absolutely bullshit. And so Ron, I think, averaged like 10 yards a carry in that game. And it came down to uh, a sack by Wendell Bryan and the pick six by Fletchy. And um, so, yeah, so we're coming off the field and F-bombs are flying right and left. And you can imagine I mean, everybody's excited. And I think Jay Wilson, who, you know who Jay Wilson is, the um, TV guy, Madison TV guy, he must have pulled me thinking, like, I'm safe with this guy. And so I'm <laughs> literally walking by the locker room underneath the stands, excited as, as, as you can imagine he grabs my pads throws me in 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 in, in front of the camera and goes we're live with kicker vitaly Pisesky. how do you feel and i don't know why i said what i said but i it wasn't frustration but obviously i was picked on enough you know with my background and being a kicker and this and that i'm an easy guy to take it and dish it out <laughs> but i was sort of picked on for so long by so many and I said, how do I feel? I feel like the first Kami to ever win the Rose Bowl. And I walked off. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, the media guys that I, you know, I'll, I'll bump into to this day, they'll say, hey, there's the first Kami to ever win the Rose Bowl. Um, <laughs> but what's crazy about that, you know, Madison being what it is, talk about the whole experience. Obviously, after, afterwards, Raj and I flew back to New York. Um, then three weeks later, we come back to campus and there's another voicemail on my machine, uh, from a local radio station that I didn't recognize. And so we'd love to have you on the show. And I said, I'm great. I, I, I go in. And the first question is, so, you know, we watched the game and we watched the end of it. And were you trying to make a political statement? And I was like, no, you did not just ask me that question. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, there's another Rose Bowl story for you. So Gibson ate the most, Brian Rip. Gibby did, yeah, uh, I think. Now he looks great. He lost like 200 pounds. I know, I know, I know, I know. It's um, it's kind of it's quite amazing, actually. It's um, amazing. Because I remember how much work J.D. put into him. Um, when So on that recruiting visit, the one we started with, I remember they were showing us facilities and all of a sudden I see a mountain, a moving mountain. It's kind of like a dim tunnel up, up over the McLean. 
where the meeting rooms are. I just remember this massive Indianapolis Colts jacket. And everyone kind of just stopped like, what is this? <laughs> Not who is this? What is this? And they're like, that's Aaron Gibson. He is, uh, he slimmed down to like 395. But I mean, he showed up, he was like 420. <laughs> and they literally had to walk him around campus to get him to where he could actually start working out. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, stories about that guy, how I think it was Mike Rabel, actually, who said like, he was wearing 81 playing tight end, lined up as a tight end. And Rabel was complaining to the uh, to the refs, so isn't there a weight limit on the tight end to, <laughs> for somebody to wear 81? <laughs> Riddell would have to come in every year to measure his head uh, because that's the biggest helmet they've ever made. That was so, the thing I've ever heard. Yeah. It, well, listen, we had, so, I mean, let's talk about Mac, right? I am not an easily intimidated person. Um, there's probably been, I'm not intimidated by DP. I'm not intimidated by Barry. Man, I was scared of Mac. Mac had just had this presence about him, like perpetually pissed off look. Like, he was a quintessential lineman. I mean, you didn't want to mess with him. And his locker was closest to the shower. So you had to, you know, to get to the shower, you had to walk by him. And you would, you know, everybody chirping, everybody laughing. You get in the, I don't know, 10-step radius of Max Locker, and you're like, <laughs> you just kind of, and I thought I was the only one. And then I was talking to Stamke a couple of years ago. I said, you know, I used to be scared of Mac. He was me too. And Stanky yeah, is like, uh, everybody loves Kevin. Yeah. And, and and I wasn't the only one. Um, Dad was like, yeah, I, and, you know, I was kind of cool with him, but I was always a little hesitant. And I bumped into Mac, I don't know, maybe ten, uh, I don't know, seven, eight years ago at MSG. And, uh, you know, we hugged it out. And I said, man, I used to be afraid of you. He goes, I was such a meathead. I'm sorry if I ever did anything to you. <laughs> I said, you never did do anything, but you were so scary. And he had this huge jewel poster in his, uh, I mean, he had this, you know, masculine, crazy guy. He's got this, like, jewel, the singer poster in his locker. <laughs> it was like, it never kind of made any sense, which made it even more scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Good stuff. That's great yeah. stuff, man. I and now he's the athletic director. And now he's the athletic director. Yeah. I mean, I I um I couldn't be happier for him. I mean, you know, I you know whenever asked, I was campaigning, you know, hard for him. I mean, it means a lot uh to have your teammate. I mean, just look at our teams, right? Like Mac is the athletic director, uh Ross is the coach. Um so many of these guys are still visible and and and, and involved in the program. Um, it, it's really cool. It's really cool to see. Um, so, you know, we traded a couple of emails afterwards, and it, it's it's amazing. It's so gratifying. I mean, we, I know we as as those teams collectively, and I personally take so much pride at, at what we have accomplished. Um, yeah, say what you will, but. Back-to-back, well, we're the only back-to-back World Bowl winning team in the Big Ten history. And given how it's all set up with the playoffs now, it's probably never going to change. So to, you know, to to have made that history, it's it's very special. It's very unique and very special. We take a lot of pride in it. Um, those teams were special. Vitaly, when you get off the when you get off the plane coming back, or you came back in January, what's Madison like after you win a Rose Bowl? 
the thing is, I flew right back to New York after that. So I never really flew back to Madison. I can't really, you know, I mean, to show up three weeks later, it's different. Um, so I'm not the I'm not the person to ask that question. You gotta ask. But could you just that. like walk into bars where people are like, oh my god, you're the best Rose Bowl? Like, was it was that energy just crazy into well, the next year? People are like, we're gonna do it again. The expectation, yeah. I mean, well, so it's interesting, right? So we went back to back. And we caught a lot of breaks. I mean, we made some of those breaks, but we caught a lot of breaks. But 2000 season, my my. So another. Remember, I said nothing normal in my life. I think Tosh and I are the only people in Wisconsin football history to appear on two senior posters. So because of that whole NCAA fiasco, um, I essentially had two senior years. So I played as a senior in 99 when I had a really good year. I was in Blue Rosa Finals for Team Olympic 10. Um, and, and then NCAA, what they did eventually for me, they said, if you graduate in four years or less, we'll give you that year of eligibility back on the back end. And that's what happened. Um, you know, you guys were talking about leaving for the league um, early or not uh, on the last podcast. <laughs> I actually kind of had that dilemma, if you will. In my mind, I was never going to do that. I should have done that if I wanted. If I wanted to get a better opportunity in the, at the next level and more money, I should have done that. I don't regret not doing it. Um, but we did not have as good a year in 2000, um, but we had so much talent. We didn't have Ron Dane, but we had Michael Bennett. Um, we had second most guys in the nation to Florida state to, um, appear at the NFL combine and be drafted. And yet we found a way to lose five games somehow. I mean, with the shoebox, shoebox did a number on us and it was, it, we could never catch up, um, to show you how crazy of a year that was, um, Kevin, so Kevin, I, I didn't make a Hawaii trip that year. It's the only game I missed in my career because somebody in the federal director found a shoebox receipt from 96 for me that put me by $20 over the limit, the threshold where I needed to miss a game. And there were only two games to miss at that point, Hawaii or a bowl game. Obviously they picked Hawaii and, and we were taking hurt guys, injured guys on that trip. And Barry said, you coming? I don't care if you're not playing, but you coming. I wasn't allowed to come. I didn't go to New York team went one west to Hawaii. So Kevin was kicking field goals. And then in the bowl game, he gets hurt. And my last appearance as a Badger, I'm punting the ball. I hadn't punted him. Like, it was a crazy year. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. The expectations were so high. And then we went from two Rose Bowls to, you know, to Sun Bowl in El Paso and playing UCLA again. And I just remember our, you know, the seniors, we were sort of professional in how we approached the game. We obviously wanted to win the game. Very few of us wanted to be there after back-to-back, -back, you know, Southern California Road Bowl trips, and and we played like crap to be honest. I mean, we were playing UCLA; they they weren't they weren't as good. Fletch was completely dominated, which we we never saw that by Freddie Mitchell. Um, we won twenty-one twenty, and I you know I had to get that punt off with like I don't know forty seconds left in the game. Um, but we won the game, so. We won three for four in bowl games. Freshman year, we lost to Georgia uh, and Heinz Ward and those guys in, in, uh, in the Outback out Bowl. Dude, that, but you had two Rose Bowls. We do have two Rose Bowls. So I take so much pride in that. Yes. I mean, listen, I would trade two Rose Bowls to have as many receipts from the, from uh, Black Earth as possible. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. The hardest thing, you. I think, you know, like when I played is we, we were so close 
to be to being Big Ten champs because you didn't go to the Big Ten championship anymore. You just won it throughout the season. So what hurts the most is I don't have that. You know, like I don't have that. I never played in the Rose Bowl, played in some great bowl games, but it's still like you're missing that piece. And yeah. it, every day it hurts. Like it, there, there's nothing like it. There, I mean, I'm sorry. I don't mean to sort of make you feel worse about it, but but there is nothing like it. I remember some of the guys when we went to the second one. Some of the guys were like, ah, we, "We've done that. We've been there. Let's let's do fiesta. Let's do this. Let's do that." And I was like, "You all are crazy. This is the Rose Bowl. I mean, yeah. we were conditioned to very loft the Rose. I mean, there was the Rose Bowl and there was everything else. Yep." And uh, there's nothing like it. I mean, staying in the Beverly Hills and, you know, we were supposed to stay. I guess it was a contract. But what's interesting, too, about that is I went to a couple of those recent ones. And <laughs> when I saw the buses decked out with stickers and, and how, they, how they I'm like, this is a whole different level nowadays. I mean, we I was being excited about the BMW white uh, motorcycles that the police escort that we had. These guys have, like, Wisconsin football Rose Bowl special buses. I mean, the college level has gone to a whole college football has gone to a whole different level. Well, from I mean, it's been what almost 30 years? Yeah. No, 20 years? 20, 20, 20, 20, 21, yeah, depending. 20, 21 years. So think about how much like even when the, the gifts now are so much better. Like I want an Xbox. I do too. We played Fresno State in the something kickoff game in 2002 it could be 2002 and we got a flat screen but not like a flat screen the one with the big black back of it okay 13 by 13 i was like this is the coolest thing i've ever got they they had a a, a u-haul truck come and we all put in line 120 guys or what 110 guys waiting for our box that what do you do with it when you get the box My so scooter. tell me tell me how you transported that on the scooter i'm saying i i, I <laughs> We had dudes, we had dudes' cars, and we were putting like six in a car at a time to just drop off at people's houses. But you'd be standing there all day. It was like the most, you know, that was some some of the logistic stuff that the coaches like didn't think of. Cracked me up. Because people are you could watch like I I'm pretty sure you watch people carrying it to, you know, the state, the region, or even their dormant, like odd. It's just so funny. But now what you get is just so much more. Like I still have the watches. They don't work. I, yeah, they don't work very well. I have them too. Uh, it's funny. My basement got flooded a little bit the other day, and I was throwing some stuff out, and I found one of those senior posters. I found the, uh, you know, I, I had I bought those two Rose Bowl posters. The ones I played in must have bought them like around 2002. I didn't know I had them still, and they kind of <laughs> got ruined. So, yeah, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Well, you know what I don't have, Vitaly? Two of those beautiful rings. You can borrow mine anytime you want. Dude, I, I would actually do that in a heartbeat. All right. <laughs> I don't know if, if your big fingers can fit through. I do, I do have big <laughs> fingers. Um, so, Vitaly, oh, man, it cuts like a knife. But I actually respect the guys because when you know how important the Rose Bowl is for the Big Ten, especially Wisconsin, what, what you guys did is, is so special. Like, I'll never take that away. I'm not jealous. I'm actually more proud of what Thanks. you guys were able to accomplish. Um, I think the blip is that that one year like in 2000, was it 01? The, the, the NCAA crippled us basically. Like there, I remember watching the games and on the bottom would be like, these are the guys who are out. And you're like, yeah. you know, uh, it was like Nick Davis and a bunch of other guys. Yeah. We opened against Western Michigan. It was a night game. Um, and 
And uh, so we had a walkthrough around noon, and then we we're going to go back to the hotel, take a nap or whatever. Um, and we knew something was going to happen, but the ward hadn't come down from NCA. So we go back, we come out for, I guess, lunch or whatever it was, and Ali's just red-faced. And he goes, uh, I guess they said 45 guys are suspended. How are we supposed to feel the team? And so they went back and forth, and essentially what they said was, these 20 have to stay out, no ifs and buts. The rest, you have three games to figure out who sits out when. And I mean, it was... You know, we started talking about Penn State game um, a couple of days ago. And I said, this is the top three worst losses. For me, the worst loss we had was in, in that Northwestern, uh, that year Northwestern game. We were ranked fourth. We, we, we had gotten, we beat Western Michigan barely, but convincingly enough. Then we had preparation for Oregon. We beat a good Oregon team. Um, forget who the third game was. And then we're going to Big Ten. And we're now, we're, on, we, you know, we're undefeated. We're right where we need to be. We're playing Northwestern, ranked fourth or fifth in the country. Nick Davis is back. And um, I remember first time he goes to, 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 to get a punt, uh, catch a punt. I, I turned to someone. I wish I knew who it was so they could back me up. And I said, look, it's either he's going to score or he's going to fumble. Nothing in between. And, you know, he didn't score. <laughs> it, it, just stupidest mistakes were made. I mean, I think Brooksy had a couple of those quarterback, you know, center quarterback or quarterback running back fumbles like, like we saw. Um, I missed a field goal. I, it ended up, we, we, the game was tied. Um, we had 47 seconds left and I was going to kick, I was out to kick a, uh, I guess I thought it was going to be a game winning field goal, like 44 yards or something. Not a gimme. And I probably the best field goal I've ever hit in my life. I mean, that thing went towards the towards the field house, way up high. Awesome. Couldn't even couldn't even celebrate because they had a guy who was leading the nation in kickoff return. So I had to really concentrate on on the kickoff. And the rule in college football is the clock is supposed to start with a kicker's foot on the kickoff. Um, and it did. We played at home, our own guy. And, and that I, I don't know who that was, but he never started the clock. So I kicked it through the end zone. I was all excited. I was like, yeah, let's go. Let's go defense. And I mean, we were putting them in fourth and long and they kept converting. And we had one of the safeties was either out or hurt. And we had a guy that you probably ended up playing with in there. And he just needed to not tackle the guy and the clock would run out. He ends up tackling the guy. They move the chain. Their kicker is out there to kick a field goal hits a kitchen he hits the, the bottom portion of the goalpost it goes up and goes in uh, so now we're, tied, we're going overtime and we're lost in overtime um <laughs> that, i mean I, I cried after that game <laughs> like yeah, legit cried after that game like, you know i mean and 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 that's in a lot of ways how that season went for us um we were so much better than 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 we showed uh, so it's important to capitalize on the opportunities. It's important to be mentally tough and recognize when you're a better team and to win those games, you know? Um, I mean, it's, it's hard to play against Ohio State right now. All you can ask is go and, you know, leave it all on the field. And we have done that against those guys in Big Ten championship games. But games like this against Penn State, they hurt because you can't, you can't lose them. You just can't lose them. Find a way to win. 
Get it yeah, done. And, and what you're saying that happened in that game during the, the shoebox stuff seems almost identical to stuff that's happening. You know, like quarterback running back exchanges that never usually happen turnovers that we're not accustomed to just, it's just very weird. I I'm really interested. I think Eastern Michigan, we're going to win um, because it's Eastern Michigan. And I think we're going to listen. I I'm a huge proponent of watching the film. Our O-line did not do well. Although, Matty P, we watched, we saw some of the grades, and it wasn't terrible. Um, yeah, but it was also wasn't great. I mean, Tyler Beach literally got a 0.0 grade on pass blocking uh, from Pro Football Focus. And right. it was deserved. It, right. But you have to, so you have to take that film, right, and you go to the film room. And this is going to be the worst. That's like a two-hour session that you'd watch dudes walk in with, um, with Huber and be like, they come out white as a ghost. But you go into that room, you have to be positive and you have to say, we cannot play worse than this. You can use this film. Let's iron out these mental mistakes and everything will come. We were not like we couldn't stop number 17, you know, and I think there's we talked about this before, but we weren't chipping dudes. We weren't using the tight end as a blocker as much as I thought we we should have after we couldn't get comfortable. But we don't stretch the field and they can you know, blitz guys. Cause we're not running a 30 yard, you know, uh, fly route. We're just and on top of that. Our best tight blocking tight end, uh, Hayden Rucci was on the field for a total of four snaps. So yeah. They, I didn't they, understand they... that. I didn't understand Jack Don blocking inside at all. Like there was a couple of plays where, he, I mean, the kid is what, five, seven, five, 10. I mean, I give him he's all five, the he's five, push. seven, a buck 70 soaking wet. Right. Like, yeah. But he is, he is blocking next to a tackle and yeah, he's going to get blown up. Like, I'm a kicker who doesn't know anything. <laughs> How do they not know that or see that or or address that somehow? Right. I didn't get that at all. Bernie, I have a question for you. I was always curious on those um, quarterback running back handoffs. Uh, where are your eyes supposed to be? Are you supposed to watch the ball as, as they give it to you or are you supposed to watch your hole? Dude, that's a great question. You are not supposed to look at the ball never. The quarterback is the one, if you're handing it off, who looks it in to give it to the person. Or if they're making a read, they're looking at the read. But, dude, as as you watch, and you you watch a ton of college football, same with you, Matt, that, this hardly ever happens. So if it happened twice in a game, is really – it doesn't even happen in practice. You know, like on a soaking wet day when it's raining, maybe a quarterback center exchange, there were some bad snaps. So it, there was a lot going wrong. Um and I, I was speaking to Gary Ellerson, who's like, there was more um, running back quarterback exchanges than you saw that than that. So I didn't really look thoroughly at those, but you're supposed to, you look at the hole, you look at guys' backs, where they are, but that's kind of what you do as a running back. You make your pocket, Coach White always preached huge, big pockets. So the quarterback can't miss that pocket. And listen, I told this story, I think last time we, Brooks and I had a, a, an exchange fumble coming off the goal line on a Friday afternoon before, you know, a Saturday game, Alvy went bananas, you know, like that's, that's how you lose a game is if you fumble on the goal line coming off, that's it. Right. Like that's I cost our team, you know, I, I, it could have been me. It could have been Brooks. Like it's, it should have been, the thing is it should have been so easy because we've done it a thousand times that maybe my elbow wasn't high enough and it hit his it's, it was a good check on a Friday to be like, right. don't, don't mess this up. Um, but for, for it to happen twice just 
to me is it, it just seems like everyone is not comfortable and, 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 you know, chess came back, you know, he transferred, but you probably have thousands of handoffs yeah. doing. So if you do something over a thousand times, like I think you're, you probably professional at it. Right. Like, it so, should be automatic. Yeah. So that's it wasn't an RPO where you kind of pull it. Like we don't do that stuff. Yeah. It's it just yeah. nothing seemed right about those. You know, I I don't know about you. I think um we need to get Graham out of the pocket, get him, get him um, you know, on, on some rollouts, let him have a run pass option. I don't I didn't see a lot of that. You know, like I felt like we did a lot of the same things. We we tried to hit um Ferguson, you know. Uh, in the red zone. Everyone knows that's coming. It happens every time. Even the Penn State safety said it was like when you're playing Madden. I don't know if you saw that quote from him. I did. But he said basically like I knew exactly what was coming because that's what they do. Yeah, but who didn't know exactly what was coming? (laughs) This is my point, right? So last year he, in that Illinois game and in a few of them, I think in a bowl game, fullback, right? He rolled a fullback into the flat in the corner, the, the near corner of the end zone. Where was that? Right. Where were any outside runs? What are you even trying? Also, well, the one play we scored on was a was a power off the 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 tackle. I kept sitting there going, "Why do we keep running a gap runs? Like they're all their guys are in there." I, I just, I'm confused. So many questions. Dude, this got me so amped on Monday uh, about like like I don't get it. You ask because. We asked AD, I was like, AD, what was your favorite zone play? Like, where did you want? That's it. Coach White was like, we asked Ron Dane. He wanted the outside zone. That's all we wanted. AD wants the inside zone. Then you just run because those guys want those plays. But you have like the wham play when the fullback kind of comes underneath to hit the end or the out, whatever back is up. It just wasn't working. So why stay with it? Why don't, there was no toss plays. At least even try it or something, right? Try Garendo's supposedly the fastest dude on our team. So toss it to him. You right. know, we don't do any of that stuff. Well, that's what that's Chaz is supposedly the athletic one who can catch it. He showed it to us. He did catch it a whole bunch of good balls. Uh, Jalen down, down the street from me was really more of a slot receiver than a running back. They he wasn't the feature running back in his high school. His feature running back is not playing for others. Right. So we were, I felt like we were almost promised that the kid doesn't even see the kid doesn't need to be it lined up in the backfield. But the, if he's a playmaker, then finally for right. him to make plays. Right. Or if he's hurt, well, I guess that's different. We're not going to know about it, right? So I don't, I don't think it's that he's hurt. I think he's in the doghouse. Uh, do you think so? Yes, I, I mean, I, I, I've be- heard, or- I, I've heard things about him. Skipping meetings, film sessions, lifts, and things like that in the off season, which should not get him off to a good foot with uh, off to a good start with Coach Brown. So um, I'll I'll, I'll leave that I'll leave that well, there. I'll tell you what you, Vitaly. I'm sure you said this. That there was never a guy who did that stuff on on, on our teams, and if it did happen. You, you would say, dude, why? Could you just not get there? Like, did you have to walk from too far? No, I mean, nothing's really too far. Right. There were dudes leaving their 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 houses at five in the morning to walk to the stadium. Oh, yeah. That, that was when you'd just be like, dude, let me come pick you up on my scooter. It's illegal, but it's five in the morning. And right. Cares. <laughs> so, and guys would not let other guys do that type of stuff. Yeah. No matter where you were on, you always had guys who were like, Listen, you had guys who were wild, wild, wild guys. Antaj was a wild guy, but that dude 
never missed a lift or eating, you know, like uh, without having somebody's okay to do it. Just, I actually think Jalen Berger is a great player. Some of these things concern me, but like, why is he doing it? So I would love to know. I don't need to know. I would hope his coach is like, well, why are you doing this? Is there something outside of football life that is having some type of, you know, influence over you? I don't know what that could be. I hope we see him because he, right. We need a guy in the slot who can make plays and who can do a running back, who can motion, who can do all these things. And listen, Vitaly, what about the jet sweep? It worked and we never went back to it. We could have run it 20 times. Funny. So that play, I mean, I, I, last year it was the play that was pissing me off the most. It's like, enough. it's not working. They yeah. don't know. I mean, like, what are we doing? Um, this year, yeah, it worked. And so we probably should have come back to it um, more. But again, shake them up. Like, exactly, Penn State made that adjustment, right? They try to run in the first half, and they try to establish the running game inside. Didn't work for them, so they said, enough of that. We're going to do quick hits, stretch a little bit, and that's eventually how our offense, our defense got got, got a little bit loose. Um, right. We we just, we just, we were all in the box. Um, and the box was extended, trying to throw to uh, Fergie here and there. And everyone, everyone knew that. And, the, and again, I feel like going back to receivers, I feel they are absolutely talented, Danny and, and Kendrick. But I just, I feel like they're very good number two receivers. They're not, they're not number one receivers. They're I not mean, Quintez. He was a number one receiver. That dude was a number he one He was receiver. a number one receiver. And we knew exactly, you know, go back to 18 team versus 17 team, how much they struggled. They had some multi-field issues with Horny, but um and then, then he comes back 19. We're, we're back to looking like our, our, you know, our offense. I mean, that was, that should have told you what Danny and Kendrick are. And I'm not knocking them. I'm not, uh, but everybody has a role and, and you can't make somebody what they're not. I mean, there's value in what they bring, but we needed to, I mean, I don't know if it's Marcus Allen. I don't know if it's Kyler Bell. Uh, I don't know if it's DK, uh, but we need to find a playmaker in the pass catching game. But I would also ask, I know we're running out of time. I would also ask that they that they ask Kendrick Pryor to do more. Because I think he's actually – Danny Davis, to me, is a very reliable receiver who runs routes, makes great catches, and is that guy for underneath stuff, right? I've never seen Danny Davis stretch the field and, like, burn somebody. I think Kendrick Pryor can do it. We just didn't ask him to do it. But on, like, a second and ten, just be like, you know what, dude, just go deep. I'm just going to throw it to you. I'm going to look. We, we, I don't think Graham looked anybody off, but I'm going to look straight at Ferguson for two seconds and then just bomb it to you. Yep. If you catch it, great. If not, it stretches the field, and it, at least it looks like we tried to do it. Yeah, and I think to your question about um, end arounds or jet swift sweeps, I think coaches probably are trying to protect those two guys because that's where they got hurt last year. On, on those that could be. Okay, but so, then, 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 line up, then, then line up Garendo to do it. Because, I mean, like, the great, the best jet sweep we ever had was Melvin Gordon, and he was yeah. there. And in Monty Ball would be in the would be lined up at tailback, and Gordon would be lined up at the slot, and they would just run into him, and he would just get seventy yards against Nebraska like it was nothing. Yeah, I agree with you. Legit question. A lot of questions. A lot, a lot of questions. But what are you? What we'll end on a What are you most excited for uh, moving forward this season? Uh, I mean, <laughs> look, at the end of the day, right, it was a very winnable game. It was a game that should have been won with all the mistakes. Just look at the time of possession, the time of the offensive plays that they, I mean, that 
as bad as they played, they still were able to do that against a very good football team. So, I mean, the talent is there. Defense is there. I'm, I'm a big defensive guy. If, if you have that kind of defense, it'll keep you in the game. Um, and so let's use this game. Let's write the ship. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of Notre Dame Florida State game, but just judging by the score, by Notre Dame's inability to really establish a run, um, by how many points they gave up, the, the whole Jack Cohn factor, right? I mean, I don't know. It's gonna, it's got to be a great game, and it's got to be another Penn State game. And in that, it's a winnable game. It's a tough game. It's a winnable game. Then we got Michigan at home with Coach Alvarez's, you know, going away party and all that. There is an opportunity to right the ship here. Mm-hmm. You win, you win these next three games. You you're right back in the mix of, in, a, in, a, in a swing of things, right? You're right back into it, and hopefully by then the kinks have been worked out. If we're sitting here with so many questions about offense in particular, I can only imagine what the coaches are going through right now and the players, how pissed off they all are. I mean, they, they're prideful guys, as, as they should be. They're competitive guys. So I got to keep the trust in the system, right? And 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 if those things happen, and they should happen, it's not an unrealistic expectation. Um, then, you know, Minnesota and Iowa are way down the line there. Uh, you can get on a nice little run. You're right back in, into the swing of things. But loss in week one, as deflating as it feels right now, isn't the end of the world. Um, but let's not make one little tragedy into a bigger tragedy and, 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 you know, I'm not saying we're going to end up like Penn State last year with the first five games when they went 0-5. But you can see how it, it kind of can go both ways. I want to think that there's enough mental toughness in that program right now. Um, the three of us are talking about it, and I'm sure there's many, many, many other football alumni that are having the same conversations. Um, I you know, I remain cautiously optimistic. They, the talent is there uh, for the most part. To, to, to still make it a special season. It's up to the players, you know? It's up to them to see whether they're going to have memories like you and I have 20 years down or they're going to sit and think, gee, we really, you know, didn't show up that, that one year. Dude, I, I all I can say is I'm excited. I, you know, I think this is a great – it sucks to lose. You saw a lot of upsets happen, so that's okay. We are playing Notre Dame. I want them to win by 100 each game. And then to lose to us, we could look so much better. Um, I think fun. Let's go back to fundamentals. Let's go into the Eastern Michigan game and and do. Let's let's open the playbook and let's do what we do. You're, I don't like the conservative. Like oh, we we're going to play these teams before. Now in college football, you have to win every game to go to the playoffs. I think this year is unique. I think we can be there with one loss because you you're right. If we beat Michigan, Notre Dame, Iowa, Minnesota, and then we can go and beat Ohio State, how how are we not elevated? with one loss, the first game to the playoffs. So I think we have it. I hope the guys know. I think we have the right leadership. We have the right talent, as you said. I'm interested and I'm excited to see what this weekend brings. We have a bye week the next week after that. So anyone who's injured or nicked up, boom, now they are back. Full force for Notre Dame. You can't get excited and mentally prepared for that. I don't know if you should be playing football. And I think our guys can do that. Yeah, they need to. They just all need the suntan in the end zone. Maybe we'll. You gotta make some kicks before you get to do that. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, listen. Thank you so much for 
for for spending so much time with us, uh, for taking time out of your busy schedule to do so. And, you know, we're going to have to do it again because I know you got a, a lot more stories to share, too. Yeah, anytime, guys. I love your podcast, as I said earlier. Uh, you're doing a phenomenal job. You're good folks, good people on Wisconsin. Vital, you're the best, man. Thank you so much. Thanks. Yeah, on Wisconsin. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.